Welcome to the first ever podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign. And we called it The West Steps. Riley, you want to tell us a little bit about why we called it that? I sure do. It's called the West Steps because the West Steps at our state capitol is the frontmost facing part, the most visible part of our capitol. And that's the place where a lot of activism and advocacy happens. And I think the children's campaign is really uniquely positioned because we have great relationships both inside and outside the capitol. We can tell you what's going on in your local districts, your local communities, and we can also tell you what is going on inside of the state capitol. So really, we are at that great position to be those advocates, to be on on the West Steps fighting for Colorado kids and families. And I think it's a perfect name. That's exciting. Before we jump into what is happening at the state capitol, um, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing at the Children's Campaign and who you are? Sure. So my name is Riley Kitts, and I'm our Government Affairs Director here at the Colorado Children's Campaign. I've been with the team for about six months now and always been in awe of the Children's Campaign and the work they do. I am a Colorado native. I was born and raised in Denver, uh, fourth or fifth generation on both sides of my family, went to CU Boulder, go Buffs, came right back down to Denver uh, and have been living here ever since. So I am Colorado through and through. Uh, happy to have my family here and happy to have married a beautiful woman who's also a Colorado native from Denver, went to see you. That was a, that was an important part, huh? It had to have been, right? <laughs> you know, I, I want the Colorado girl. I want the girl that knows football and she's perfect. So I'm really excited uh, to be married to her. Um, so at the Children's Campaign, you're the Government Affairs Director. Do you want to tell us what the Government Affairs Director does and what are your like major responsibilities are. Yeah, it's a mouthful of a title. Really, when it gets down to it, I am the lobbyist for the children's campaign. So I am the one that goes across the street to the Capitol and I advocate on behalf of policies and uh, budgets that we think are important for Colorado kids and families. So I'm the one who's over there on behalf of the children's campaign advocating for certain policies, advocating for certain bills to get passed, and making sure that we have the dollars and resources going to our local school districts, local counties to actually support children. We have a new governor. There are a lot of new legislators. We voted in um, last November. So, wh- what has been happening since um, since since then? Since November, it's been quite a whirlwind. Actually, uh, Baze is right. We had a, a whole big election here in this state, and uh, we have a new governor coming in. Our, our former governor, Governor Hickenlooper, was term limited. So now we have a new governor, and he's his name and his name is Jared. Name is Jared Polis. Uh, we're really excited for him to come in. He's outlined a lot of great policies that we support. But at the same time, the legislature has also shifted a lot in this state. So beforehand, we had what would be called a split legislature. Half of it was controlled by Republicans and the other half was controlled by Democrats. Well, the voters in Colorado in November switched that. So now we have both our state Senate and our state House of Representatives in Democratic control, which really has resulted in what many are calling the trifecta. Democrats now control the governor's mansion, the state house, and the state senate that's very exciting so what does that mean for the colorado children's campaign agenda and like can you give us a little bit more insight on what are some of the things you're really excited about this legislative session 
Yeah. We're really excited. The legislative session started on January 4th uh, with this new power structure set in place. And while Democrats are in control, I want to be very clear that the Carl Children's Campaign is dedicated to being a nonpartisan organization. Okay, so I have a question. So what do we mean by non bipartisan or nonpartisan? Can you explain to us a little bit what that means? Happy to. So we work with both sides of the aisle, no matter the issue. If you look at the legislation that we're pushing this year, we have both Democrats and Republicans signed on for all of our policies. We don't favor one party or another, and we never would. We're focused on making sure we have the best policy for kids, and we believe that that means working across both sides of the aisle. So even though Democrats are in control of those three phases of our government, we won't uh, exclude anyone. We want to make sure that we have the largest tent possible, that we're working with as many affected parties as possible. So we're really excited to be working with those Democrats and those Republicans. And we have some great legislators out there who know what's right for kids and are fighting every day for that at the Capitol. So for the Colorado Children's Campaign, uh, some of the priorities that the campaign works on include um, K-12 education, early childhood, and um, children's health. Uh, How do you go about advocating for those at the state capitol? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, really, it's a relationship-based, you know, industry. Um, as you can imagine, politics is about knowing the right people, knowing the right players, and then establishing meaningful relationships with those folks. So my main job and the job of this organization is to go and be a trusted resource and uh, a trusted ally for many legislators. We really pride ourselves in data and research. So we always tell legislators, the governor's office, any policy experts that we can get you the data. We can get you the research on what's happening to children and families in this state. The children's campaign has been around for 35 years. We're very well established. And uh, legislators know that we are a trusted resource. And so I'm happy to establish those relationships and continue to build new ones over there. That's really what's going to help move the needle for Colorado families and kids. So a lot of people know us because we publish the annual Kids Count data book that documents the well-being of kids in all 64 counties in Colorado. Um, How useful do you find that data over at the state capitol? Oh, I find it extremely useful. And I got to tell everyone that the legislators also find it useful. I think the children's campaign is not just this wonky kind of in the weeds expert type organization. We know how to tell a story with the data that's given to us, and we do that very well. So I believe that the legislators look at us and they uh, look for our data. But I like to go and have these, you know, great graphics and great data books and different fact sheets that really tell the story of how not just the state is doing, but how every affected community is doing. We do a fantastic fantastic job of breaking down the information by local school districts, counties, cities, zip codes. But we can also tell you how things are looking by race, gender, different identities. And so legislators come to us not just based on what's going on in their communities, but they also come to us looking for what's going on in their affinity groups. And I'm really proud that we more often than not have a good answer and can tell a really solid story. So for most people, how legislation happens is a little bit of a black box. Uh, We know that we vote for legislators and then they pass legislation that affect us. Can you walk us through some of the basics of, you know, you see an issue 
and you work with partners, and then what happens? I'm happy to help kind of pull back the curtain on this. So really, if you have an idea for legislation or you have a a trend that you want to see done or you see a policy that you want to be changed, what we first do is we make sure that the data and research is there. What is the data telling us about how these kids are doing, let's say, given in uh, child care? And if we need to go and change some policy at the legislature, well, then what we try to do is work with our other partner organization, work with child care providers, work with parents, work with different counties, school districts to see if the policy idea that we have will actually work. You can't just try to be by yourself. You can't just try to go down and get something done with no no help without talking to anyone. You know, the term that's thrown around at the Capitol a lot is stakeholding. You need to go around and talk to your stakeholders. I've always been impressed by the children's campaign ability to do that stakeholding work. And once you've done that, then you go and talk with legislators. You explain to them the problem. You show them the data. And then you show them the solution that they can tackle. And when they have that solution in front of them, it's up to them to act. Do they introduce a piece of legislation? Do they introduce a bill? And if they do, we try to work with them to make sure that it is a good bill that's actually going to help Colorado kids. And then we go and we talk with other legislature, legislators to make sure that they are actually supportive of that bill. But if they have concerns, how can we help them? How can we change the bill, tweak the policy to make sure that it is helping all Colorado kids, all Colorado families, and not just a small group? That's very interesting. So uh, if what happens to a legislation that does not pass? So if you the children's campaign does not have 100% success rate, right? So what happens? What are the dynamics that lead to a legislation not passing or a legislation not, you know, not succeeding? Successful, right? Not not going through all the way. There's a number of reasons that a bill could not pass. I mean, my goal for the legislative session, if we set out to do something, I want to make sure that it gets done. But there are realities that that doesn't always happen, right? The real world still does exist even at the state capitol. So there could be a number of reasons. I think the first thing is just political dynamics. Is there a group of legislators, a group of outside organizations that just does not philosophically believe that the, in the policy that you're trying to pass? Luckily, the children's campaign being nonpartisan, being research and data driven, we don't run into the ideological um, barriers as much, but they certainly do exist. I think another reason why laws don't always pass have to do with money. We have a finite pie of dollars that can only be sliced up so many different ways. And so at the end of the day, sometimes those dollars just aren't there or the policy isn't a priority and other things are being funded. That could lead to legislation or a budget request or a policy not actually crossing the finish line and becoming law. But we also try to account for that. We're not out there asking for billions and billions and billions of dollars, no matter how much I want to do. Do that? Yes. We need billions of dollars for childcare, believe me. But what other policy levers can we be pulling? What other things can we be asking of legislatures or county governments to do better or to do differently? And so I want to emphasize that a really good policy doesn't always have to have a dollar attached to it. Sometimes there's just good policies that tweak the way that we work tweak the way that government works. And sometimes those can be the most impactful to Colorado families and to Colorado kids. 
Well, I think one of the biggest things that I'm most excited for is that this new governor has made full day kindergarten a priority. We'll probably talk in depth about that in later episodes. We will. I hope we will. In this state, full day kindergarten is not a reality for all Colorado families. And yet he has said that it is his top priority to do in his first year. And the children's campaign is right there with him. We agree that we can help young children when they have a great start at school. They do better at life. We can help families some of which need to pay tuition at public schools to attend kindergarten. And we can really help school districts, rural schools in particular. So the fact that he's come out so strongly in his campaign and so strongly these first few legislative session days to say, I'm going to do full day K makes me extremely excited. I think another thing, though, that's not necessarily policy related is that we have so many new legislators at the Capitol. So there are 100 legislators in Colorado, and this year, 35 of them are new. 35 of them would be considered first years or freshmen. So while that can be daunting to say, oh, my gosh, there's so many new faces, what I'm seeing that as an, as an opportunity. I have an opportunity to establish relationships and get the children's campaign noticed and known with so many new influential people who will be here for years influencing policy. So 35 new faces, I'm excited to dive in and establish relationships with all of them. I think I'm more excited about that than anything else. That's very exciting. So it's like 35 senators or 35 representatives and senators? It's a mix. So there's a few senators and a few representatives. Some of them have been in elected office before, but some of them are brand new to politics. Some of them, you know, decided that they saw an issue that they wanted to run on. They saw problems in their communities. And so they ran in November. They won. And they're here ready to work. And thankfully, a lot of them want to work on education want to work on the rising cost of child care, want to work on lowering health care costs, want to work on access to substance abuse and behavioral health services. So we're really excited that we're bringing in a lot of new faces who are ready to really help Coloradans. That's very exciting. So um, do all the bills get introduced at the same time? What is the process like? I know the legislative session runs until May. Yeah. So what what is the the scheduling and the calendar look like for the children's campaign priorities, but some of those big bills that the governor outlined in his speech today? Definitely. So the legislative session in Colorado is set by our constitution. So it's 120 days long. So we started on January 4th and we're going to end on May 3rd. So we have 120 days to pass bills, budget priorities. And in the past, past legislative sessions, there have been over 700 bills introduced throughout the session. That does not mean that all 700 bills are introduced on the first day. Holy cow, that would be, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, but so far, we've had about uh, 200 bills, close to 200 bills introduced. So, Ready? yes, right off the bat, because they want to get them going. They want to get the hearings, committees done. They want to get testimony. They want to make sure that the money is there. But they also want to make sure that the public has time to weigh in. I want everyone to realize that this is not a closed process. It's called the People's House for a reason. The Capitol is open to everyone. Okay, so so I have a follow-up question before I okay. get lost in the details. So uh, for people, including myself to some extent, who are not closely following every legislation, so a legislation gets introduced, what happens to it next? 
So legislation gets introduced and then it gets assigned to a committee. So if you think about the legislative process and if you remember how a bill becomes a law, our schoolhouse rock, Congress, it's actually very similar at the state level. We are we kind of call it JV Congress here. So a bill gets assigned to a committee once it's introduced and then there's a public hearing. So if it's a bill that we support or even a bill that we oppose, we send our experts and our partners to the Capitol to testify in a hearing on the bill. And that's open to the public. It's not just reserved for policy experts. And actually, we don't always want it to be policy experts. For instance, we're running a few bills on child care. And I can talk until I'm blue in the face about that. But it's far more impactful when we have parents providers come down to the Capitol and actually explain what it's like in the real world, what's happening in their communities, what's happening in their homes. So you can always do that. So a bill gets assigned, it goes to a committee where a hearing is done, and then after that, it's brought between brought before the entire legislative body, whether it's the Senate or House of Representatives. So let's say it's a House bill, gets introduced in the House, goes to a committee for a hearing. Hopefully it has enough votes to make it out of there. And then it gets sent to the House of Representatives floor for a full vote. Once it goes through that process, it repeats the exact same process in the next chamber. So then it goes over to the Senate gets assigned to a committee. We go through the public comments again. We go through the hearings again. It can be amended, voted on, and then voted on in the Senate. The key thing is is that the same bill needs to be approved by both chambers. So the Senate needs to approve one bill and the House needs to approve that exact same bill or they can't pass. So you can't have one version here, one version over there. Once it uh, the same version is agreed upon, it is then sent to the governor's desk where he can either sign it into law or he can veto it and say, no, I do not. Agree. So a bill that passes the House but fails the Senate, for example, does not become law. Does not become law. That thing is that thing is done. It's failed. Yes. I and mean, hopefully, if you're running your bill, that doesn't happen. Uh, and that's my goal this year. To not kill. Not. are not going to kill any bills. We want them all signed into law. The ones that we support, at least. So uh, I think for most people, you know, they don't have time to read about all the bills, and they don't have time to you know, follow all the legislation that happens. And we are hoping that a podcast like this would help them understand the process. Where are some resources that you can think of? So I think there's a few resources. I think first one is the legislative website, and that's ledge.colorado.gov. Um, and it's a revamped website, new website, just a couple of years ago. Far easier to read and understand than the old website used to be, which is great. And you can follow legislation there. You can also rely on organizations like the Children's Campaign. We have these podcasts. We have newsletters, websites, kids' flash blog posts that can explain what's happening at the Capitol. But I think one thing people always forget is that legislators are also people who live in your district, and they should be a resource for you. So call your legislator, email your legislator, 
asked to be put on their newsletter list, asked to be kept in the loop on bills that they're working on. That is their job to represent you and to communicate with you. Once they get elected, they don't go off into some random room and just do stuff. They are still working for you. So don't be afraid to contact those legislators and say, hey, I want to know what's happening with health care prices. I want to know what's happening with full day kindergarten. They should be one of your most trusted resources at the state capitol. And I just want to plug in the capital updates that the children's campaign puts out um, every Friday. It it tracks all the legislation that affects kids. And um, we give you a quick summary that is easy to digest. We'll tell you what we think of it. And we'll tell you where that legislation is in the process. So if it's introduced in the committee, if it's getting signed by the governor, you want to go see that, which is very exciting. I've been to a couple of those. Um, So you can follow what happens to legislation there. Um, so to end on some fun uh, notes, fun what you got notes. going that on? Fun? That was so fun. Uh, Very excited. <laughs> so what 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 do you have uh, planned for this weekend? What do I have planned for this? Any, any Bronco games? No. So I'm a big Bronco fan, and they really stunk it up this year. <laughs> uh, families are big Bronco fans. So we are excited they hired a new coach. I think this weekend I'm going to the rodeo. Oh, so, yep, so going with my wife, going with my brother and a few friends. Uh, we're going to go – I don't even know what they do with the rodeo. Calf roping and mutton busting. Oh, I've never been. Yes. So we'll do that. Go look at the stock show. Get a corn dog. Walk around. It'll be fun. So we'll do that. And then uh, it's resting up. You know, it's legislative session time. It's go, go, go. Help these kids get some bills passed. So I got to get a little sleep. Got to get a little sleep. Basil, what about you? A couple of dinner plans with friends. It's going to be snowing. So I'll probably spend some time at Cheeseman. Love the snow. I'm a big fan of the snow. See, so. is not from Colorado and she loves the snow. And I'm from Colorado. And I just made like the grossest face when she said snow because I don't want that around me. I want it to stay in Breck and Keystone Vale. They can keep the snow up there. I don't want it. I don't want it down here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll probably borrow a couple of uh, friends' dogs and just run around in the snow. Yeah, it should be fun. Bring my dogs over so they can. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us for the first ever episode on the West Steps. We really appreciate, and we will hear from Riley pretty often. He will give us the insights on what's happening on bills and. Um, keep us updated on uh, the policies that the children's campaign advocates for. Will do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much.